uh, Hunter, for this week's cold open, uh, I, I just, here's our issue we're about to get into. We're talking about the game Snatcher. There are so many instances where we're just going to want to talk about music and there'll be a whole bit where we like talk about music and insert songs. And what I already know on the front end is we didn't put enough Snatcher music in this episode. Yeah. So I think this cold open is you and I just leave and like, I'm like, we'll just like let four songs like four moments just sort of play back to back to like the cold open is everyone sit and listen to some snatcher music and then we'll do the episode but you're saying you don't even want to do any podcasting at the front end you <laughs> just want to pirate music that we yeah, don't yeah, yeah. own That's you exactly just want it. to use yeah. <laughs> other artists work to sub in for us actually and also did you notice i said other artists suggesting that we're artists mm, we are that's not silly yeah this is not art it, no one's ever going to take one of our podcasts and display it in the met or the moma like there's never going to be like the podcast room jamie I'm a junker. Uh, welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. Uh, this is uh, your primary host, Hunter Donaldson. I'm joined by guest uh, Matt Martins. I'll just introduce that. Oh, you're hey. Matt Martins. I'm Matt Martins, and I'm also a junker. Uh, yeah. Today is what a, what a day we have today. Okay, so today is a break from 2001, A Game Odyssey, here on yeah. Old Gamers Almanac, uh, the, the definitive ranking of every video game every week at a time. Uh, but this episode i would say more than the other off-topic episodes this episode is a part of the research operation yep. for 2001 yep. a game odyssey yeah exactly so next week we are going to be playing metal gear solid 2 uh the second uh, metal gear solid game of course we've already played metal gear solid 1 we played it in season zero yeah um but we thought or i thought this was one of my picks yeah that it will be fun to throw in uh, some other Kojima works right. to kind of give us a solid Kojima foundation as we slowly work through his stuff. I think you knew, but you didn't know the extent to how right you were and how, how like kind of critical it is to play Snatcher and then experience further Kojima works, I feel like. like I know I know you knew their stuff, but yeah. like in now thinking about MGS1 and, and having been playing some MGS2, this dude... Kojima likes Snatcher, huh? He yeah. really likes Snatcher. He likes it a lot. He he definitely still thinks about this game a lot um, because there are basically constant references to it in all of his work. I mean, I knew that. I knew there were always references yeah. back to it. Sure. Um, what I didn't realize was that it uses like all of the same silly terminology that mm -hmm. are, are in all the Metal Gear Solid games just kind of over again. Yeah. Um, which is, although I guess it would be Metal Gear Solid rips it from Snatcher, not the other way around. But it feels like right. it's the other way around for me because of <laughs> how I've encountered it. Um, but yeah, I just knew that this is like really where Kojima starts getting like pretty, pretty freaky. Uh, yeah. The story aspect of his uh, personality kind of comes into, uh, you know, into the limelight a little yeah. bit. Um, before this, you know, you have the original Metal Gear, uh, which is to me, it, it's, it's a game. It's, it's a game, right. you know, it's just kind of a straight up game. And there's not really a lot of understanding of like, that this is a person who's really obsessed with film that, that watches movies a lot. Um, because mostly Snatcher is just a collection of movie references. Right. Um, I would say it is a graphical adventure game 
that's basically just Blade Runner with Terminators yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah Blade exactly. Runner, except instead of replicants, they're Terminators, and yeah. that's what Snatcher is. And it's a good time. Uh, it's yeah, for being something I uh, love so much, it's extremely derivative <laughs> of all of the sort of yeah. other things in this genre. It's not trying to be the most brilliant, nuanced, new cyberpunk story ever. It's, no. ju it's just like got the blood of cyberpunk running rich through it. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a game that is was originally released on the PC-88 in 1988. Uh, re-released on the MSX2 in uh, 1988, re-released on the PC Engine in 1992, re-released on the Sega CD in 1994-1995, re-released on the PlayStation in 1996, re-released on the Sega Saturn in 1996. This is like Skyrim style, like this game was released for eight years, yeah. uh, and, just, and Kojima just kept putting work on it. Uh, Hunter and I both played the Sega CD version yeah. which it seems like was sort of uh, thought of as kind of the the like the the pinnacle of excellence of it. Uh, it it gained things previous versions didn't have, and then what like the the does the PlayStation and the Saturn version like lose some of the things the Sega CD added to it? Um, yeah. So basically, the reason why I wanted to go with the Sega CD version is that it, it's probably the best English language version. That's I don't right. know about yeah. the Japanese versions, but. Um, the PlayStation and I think the Saturn versions both have some more censorship applied to them than the Sega CD version. The Sega CD version already has a little bit of censorship, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I just I went on the forums. Yeah, people yeah. were saying this was the one, and this I just kind of I just kind of went along with it. Um, right, and it was a great experience. So. Yeah. It seems like it was correct. And also great to just get a Sega CD game in there. You know, I don't know the next yeah. time we're going to play a Sega CD game. So, Well, we probably won't. Yeah. This will probably be it. We probably played the only one <laughs> the we'll The Sega ever play. CD game? <laughs> yeah, this is probably our only Sega CD game. Because I'll tell you this. I, I, I'm the one I feel like that brings old Sega stuff to the show. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I don't know any other Sega CD <laughs> games. So that's big. Although I bet you Police Knots came out on the Sega CD, which is kind of the spiritual successor yeah. uh, to this game that maybe we'll play someday. I don't we know. Could do, we no could idea. do Night Trap for historical reasons. I don't know. Yeah, Anyways. <laughs> I'm all right with <laughs> Night Trap. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Snatcher is a graphical adventure game. Uh, some people kind of put this in the pseudo-visual novel category, although it's yeah. distinctly... Uh, the notable thing about Snatcher that was sort of pitched about at the time is Kojima wanted to make an adventure game with some action game elements. Now, we're talking yeah. about, you know, late 80s, early 90s. So, really, the only way that manifests itself is there are minor shooting segments that are basically just a whack-a-mole mini game, which is like you've got your screen uh, separated into like a grid where there's nine, you know, it's a three by three grid and mm -hmm. you just hit your directional pad in one of the directions as enemies pop up on the screen and you shoot them before they shoot you. And I mean, that happens like all of four times, four or five times. There's not very many. In fact, there's a very significant in this chunk where you forget that it's going to do that. <laughs> again. Yeah. It's like you do one of those very early on and then you don't do it again until like the end of the game. Uh, and then and at which point you do it kind of a number of times. Uh, but that's the only like action in this game. The rest of it is an adventure game. It is uh, primarily text based. You have um, sort of a, a menu to navigate. It's not like older adventure games where it's like pick up move to here it's 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 mostly moving around and talking to characters and your main sort of interactions with the environment are to look at 
and investigate. And I find those two terms very funny because they it was sometimes hard to tell what one of them meant versus the other yeah. one and yeah. and would lead to hilarious you know it's like i'm well I'm, inve- I'm the whole thing i'm an investigator the whole thing i'm doing is investigating everything i do is investigating but what's notable is how often you can look at something and then if you choose to investigate it it essentially references the idea that you're like almost practically rummaging around in their pockets or something like uh, when totally. you when you try to investigate people they're like hey come on hands off buddy leave me alone or whatever yeah it's funny because look uh, there, there's there's situations like that, but there's also there's also situations where investigate seems to just mean like look again, but yeah. with intent. It's like <laughs> it's like one is like look, but you're stupid yeah, and yeah. you're not using your brain, and then investigate is look again, but this time use your brain, yeah, idiot. Yeah. Um, right. So that's kind of interesting. It's it's a little bit redundant, um, and I would say like maybe the most annoying aspect of the game is the fact that. There are many situations where you're asked to look at and investigate several things. Yeah. But there might be, they might all just be really like, you know, like a door and a window and a shelf. And you need to look at and then investigate. Yes. All of those things. And there's not really much of a meaningful difference between the individual parts. And sometimes you have to investigate a thing two or three times like the more you investigate it the more it gives you I like new that, prompts actually. well yeah I yeah, yeah. I, I, like I will get that's into cool. that because because what this game eventually turns into uh, on a mechanical level is really it just becomes like a checklist like th- this is just like a i need to look at every single thing i need to investigate everything did i progress okay time to look at everything again time to investigate everything again oh, look for what? look for a no, new that, look for new prompts. that's not how you played this game. not every single time but like there, there's very much that i mean that's how a lot of the like big investigative rooms are is like you got to just sit there and sort of like go through the list and check everything over and over and over again if there's no one to talk to or there's nothing in particular that to interact with but to be honest there's normally always a clue as to like what is the thing you're gonna focus on but yeah there there are definitely rooms where you just kind of walk in and you're like what's in here yeah yeah. it's like well we won't find out until we look at at all of it and then we find the one that we're supposed to be looking at this kind of thing though doesn't bother me like i brought it up on the silent hill 2 episode it's it's very similar to walking down a hallway in silent hill 2 and just like jiggle the door handle jiggle the door handle jiggle the door (laughs) like you have to just check every single door in silent hill 2 to see what's gonna happen to make sure that you've jiggled every door because that's (laughs) the point of the game is at the end of it you have fully door jiggled right you have 100 jiggle completion you you gotta get the x on every door so it's like sometimes annoying but usually just i don't know that's how you interact with the environment the point is to interact with as much text as possible and read all of about this world and learn about it. I mean, the very one of the first things this game does is drop you into a room and says, "Here's a computer, and this computer has you don't have any memory. You 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 have amnesia of some kind. And here's a computer where you can learn everything there is to remember about this world. And I don't know what you did, Hunter, but I sat there and I read every last second every single thing on the computer because you i mean it's introducing you to a cyberpunk world this is going to tell you about the history this is going to tell you about like the the layout of the city you just sit there and you envelop yourself in the world and i don't know i love that like i love it's not it's not gameplay in the like celeste or elden ring like it's never challenging it's just like invest just check all this stuff out and read everything we had to offer you this is how we are presenting this story check it all out in whatever order you want to do it in and i love that well let's talk about the story then um so the story of snatcher is about you play as a guy named uh jillian seed 
uh, who is uh, has amnesia, like Matt said. He's also uh, a pervert. <laughs> um, and he has a girlfriend named uh, Jamie Seed, although they're kind of on the outs because Jamie also has amnesia. They both oh, have amnesia. No. What do you know? Jillian has gotten a job as a junker, which is uh, basically a Blade Runner from Do Android Stream of Electric Sheep. Yeah. Uh, your their his job is to hunt down snatchers. Snatchers are robots that impersonate human beings. They kill. They body snatch uh-huh. a person. And then replace that person uh, as a robot. Um, and Jillian Seed uh, has been hired to be a junker. Um, and it's kind of a, they use a first day on the job kind of gimmick to kind of get you into the story. Yeah. Uh, immediately, you are thrust into the world of Snatcher, which is what Matt was describing. You get put in front of a computer and just told to read everything about the world. To be honest, the world, the world building, pretty good. I'm yeah. pretty good for a game uh, at this point. Yeah. Um, in fact, actually, I would just say pretty good overall. I liked the world of Snatcher quite a bit. There's a there, there's going to be a thing that comes up a number of times in this episode, like the idea that it's not that easy to really get your hands on Snatcher these days. I mean, you just like emulating, but the idea that there's not like they're not continuing to re-release this game in modern ways for people to play is is a bit nuts. But beyond that, the amount of times Kojima has referenced back to this game. But like never set another game in its world actually mm-hmm. does kind of boggle my mind because they clearly put a lot of thought into this world for this to be like the only game that ever took place in it. I don't know. I, there, there's so much going on with the the sort of setting of Neo Kobe City that I, I would love to do more in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a radio drama prequel that mm-hmm. was made later, uh, like quite a bit later. Um, but then also like I think that there's definitely a storyline with Kojima of him wanting to probably return to this, but Metal Gear Solid was such a hit that then Konami sort of locked him in a jail of his own making and forced him to only work on Metal Gear Solid, even though it seemed like he was constantly trying at various points to get away from that series (laughs) to work on other things. So who knows? Maybe we could have gotten more Snatcher stuff. Now it's just something that Konami owns that they don't care about, um, which is this game and a long list of many other games like snatcher will have to get in quite a long line yes. like we're going to talk about metal gear solid 2 next week you can't even buy metal gear solid 2 on modern right. consoles and it's one of the most important games <laughs> ever made and it is delisted it is just not out there like that's Disgusting. crazy yeah that so, is yeah crazy. snatcher will have to get in line behind metal gear solid 2 metal gear solid 3 like there's there's a lot that has to happen um, and hopefully something will happen. But uh, anyways, back to the story of Snatcher. So Snatcher is set in a pretty uh, straight up and down cyberpunk world. It's post-apocalyptic. Uh, most uh, There's been like some sort of global pandemic of military making, um, yeah. which obviously, you know, those themes don't resonate in uh, today's <laughs> world. But, you know, you can kind of put yourself there a little bit, you know, if you really think about it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's essentially a game where you are discovering a mystery and trying to hunt down these uh, snatchers and yeah. uh, find them. You have a partner uh, who has already kind of figured things out. So you sort of are just retracing his steps. The Of, of course, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, you don't really get to work directly with the partner that much for right. a reason <laughs> that you might infer right now. But you are sort of picking up these, these breadcrumbs that your partner has left uh, behind you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really, uh, pretty goofy. It's very eighties. Right. 
but it's smarter than I expected it to be. Um, and dumber than I expected it to be. No, see, times. I expected the dumbness. <laughs> it, it was exactly as dumb as I thought. In fact, yeah. it didn't... I will say it... it I know uh, police knots can be very gross at times. I don't know how gross police knots is, but mm. I've heard that in police knots, basically every character is like very, very sexist. Yeah. Um, in Snatcher, there's definitely... There's one scene where... Like, Jillian pretty much hits on every single woman... That he, he absolutely hits on every woman he encounters. He absolutely yes. hits on every woman he encounters. And that doesn't matter, you know, if it's a woman he's met on the street or a woman whose um, father just died. and Just he's letting, died. Just died. Like, he's <laughs> letting them know your dad's dead. And at the same time being like, but what are you doing later? You know? Yeah. So that sucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it's maybe it's. Maybe it was funny then. Um, nah, that nah, scene yeah. is completely humorless to me now. Right. So it's hard to even register what the point of that was. Also, towards the end of the story, I mean, Jillian is more presented as a traditional hero. At the beginning, he's sort of like a weird bumpkin pervert. Yeah, right. And then by the end of the story, they're like, this would make a lot more sense if you were kind of straight up and down just Harrison Ford. So <laughs> we're going to kind of just cut to you are Harrison Ford now. Let's not worry about all that stuff we were setting up at the beginning. Uh, so yeah, is the storytelling solid? No, it's a little bit sloppy. It's a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, it's but I don't. It's a great game. I don't know. I had a wonderful time. That's with what's it. so mesmerizing about it is the, the game is enthralling, even though you're kind of constantly rolling your eyes at it. You're just like, oh my god, okay, we're doing this, or yeah, or even in the like adventure game aspect, like there's maybe like five challenges in the game in terms of like sort of puzzles. I, I compare this to like a, a detective novel, which is to mm -hmm. say a detective novel is a writer presenting you with the mystery and giving you breadcrumbs and then in the end telling you everything that happened. It is not right. a game that you play with right. the novel where you try to decide who the perpetrator is. It, it's going to tell you. It's going to reveal everything to you. And Snatcher is the same way. It has puzzle elements in it that it wants you to solve. But in the end, the game is telling you every single thing that happens in it. Yeah. And so it's like it feels on rails. It, it, it's got all these qualities to it where you're just sort of like, yeah, I'm just doing this. And yet I couldn't stop enjoying it, like, even yeah. though I was like, yeah, I mean, critically, this is not like a very brilliant story being told to me, but I don't care. I love how it's being told. I love being in this moment with it. I love it, it's such a good, I think, introduction to like adventure games and i'll say a good introduction to visual novels although i have not played anywhere close to enough visual novels to like make that claim but what this game feels like is if this is how visual novels get then sign me up buster or whatever like i am just so into this kind of thing where it's like we're here to experience a story we're here to experience a world and we will get to do some puzzles along the way but the mm -hmm. game is not about puzzles and the game is not about the action that happens with it and generally speaking i mean i like games that handle with their like i i think i'm a very formalist enjoyer of art i like when the art kind of references the the media with wit you know of what it is i like watchmen as a graphic novel i like celeste as a video game and celeste is like aware it's a video game i i like that kind of stuff that sort of is trying to push the medium in a really specific way and 
I don't think Snatcher is doing that. It's just a wonderful example of telling a story in a video game. It feels like a graphic novel that they've then interpreted into a video game and just done a good job of that. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just that it's really charming. Yes. Um, the the characters, in particular, I would say Jillian, and uh, you have a, a small robot companion who's literally named Metal Gear. Um, <laughs> so, like, that's wild. Um, but the Metal Gear <laughs> character is uh, very cute, uh, very, very sweet and kind, and yeah. just the, the dynamic of... And that's mostly... The character, the the relationship that the game focuses on. Yeah. Uh, you have your girlfriend, uh, Jillian's girlfriend, Jamie, uh, is not really featured that much in the game until the final act. Mm -hmm. um, mostly, it's conversations between you and your little robot companion, Metal Gear. Um, and that relationship is delightful. Yeah. Um, and I think that most of the charm of the game... Uh, comes from that, and then also comes from kind of the incidental characters in the world. N Napoleon, in particular, who is this uh -huh. like informant character, uh, who in one scene you meet Napoleon, and Napoleon is dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> we did it, it, Hunter! We found another Christmas game. <laughs> yeah, this this is a Christmas game. It does take place around Christmas, which is great. Um, there's another time you meet Napoleon, and he's wearing a wolf mask. Uh -huh. And the thing about Napoleon is he never wants to. He never wants to admit that it's him, but you always have to sort of like force him to, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to corner him a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then he always makes you pay him an abs absurd amount of money yeah. to do anything. And you, I guess you just have limitless cash as, right. a, as, right. a, um, as a junker. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's the game's hilarious. It's, it's so, it's, it's a crime that this game is not more available to people. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone should play this. Um, yeah. Absolutely. There was a, a hilarious moment. I, I, I now I just want to like tell stories of things that happen in the game. The game is is pretty on rails. I did have a moment. There's a part where you go to a nightclub and you're like investigating a bunch of characters. And there's there's a scene. The scenes are always just like a a, a picture and and mm -hmm. generally speaking, you don't have to like use the images on screen to like for it to mean anything. But then occasionally the game will suddenly be like, hey, you should really be paying attention to like what we've drawn here. There's, there's like important details that we've snuck in to these various vistas. Um, but in the club scene, there's just other video game characters hanging out. Well, it's, mm -hmm. it's people are in costumes and people are dressed up like video game characters. But there I wonder, Hunter, what you all what you did in that section, because I found a thing in that section where I was like, oh, this game has a little I, I wasn't I should have been expecting Easter eggs. And I just wasn't for some reason, because the game stayed on rails. So kind of fervently for a while. But there was a part in that club where what did I do? Basically, like I, I caused my character to just like announce loudly to the room that I am a junker. And this is like a room where like that's super not cool. And they kicked me out of the. Like, I got booted out of the oh, club. Oh, you got kicked out of the yeah. club. I did not know you could get kicked <laughs> yeah, out you... of the club. Yeah, there's a handful of sequences like that. Like, sometimes you'll just be in, like, a city square, um, and there's a lot of optional kind of hidden things to do if yeah. you just end up sort of investigating everything a lot. Right. Um, at one point, I found a sequence that seemed like that where um, Jillian got really hungry and <laughs> went to go eat at a noodle shop with Metal Gear, and it was just oh a my cute God, little what? scene. And yeah, it was great. Uh, it, oh. it was just a, a beautiful, fun little moment. Um, and this game is like full of stuff like that. And then it's also like really dark. So I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to give you the impression that the game is just like, you know, cutesy fun. Right. Um, 
there is once the game really focuses on its story it tells a very straight up and down cyberpunk um adventure story yeah uh, one with uh, especially towards the end a lot of plot twists that are announced in long-winded monologues sure. by yeah. old men explaining yep. the, basically the entire plot, but none of that plot was like really seated in no. the story that much. Yeah. Um, but still, I don't know. It's great fun. You should play it. I don't understand why more people haven't played it. And the sound design. Oh my God. Okay, I mean, go. give me that aha sound effect like right now. The sound is so fantastic. Yeah. The music... And the way that the game uh, sort this of... Is, this is why, actually. This is what keeps you hooked, actually. Yeah. That, that, this yeah. is the thing. So what we're getting yeah. into... It feels like we're like blazing through this game really fast, but what we're actually getting to is the absolute most important part. There's a lot of like decent writing, and then there's some bad writing, and then there's like some fun relations with characters. But the reason you just keep hanging out with this game is because on every screen, you're just listening to this music where you're like, well, I'm not, what else What else could I possibly be doing that would yeah. be more enjoyable than listening to this music right now? Yeah, um, and it's not even just the music. It's also just like the little sound effects yes. that they have throughout. It, it has, it's been very thoughtfully designed all the way around as an audio experience. Mm. Um, and it's it's really wonderful. The opening sequence in particular feels worthy of a movie. And you can kind of see that this is, this is Kojima displaying his fandom for cinema yeah. in that he's like, in my game, there will be an opening credits sequence, yeah. even if we can't quite do it. Even right. if it's mostly still images and like one animated piece yeah. just moving across, I will have my movie. Gosh darn it, he said. <laughs> and and honestly, I don't know how well the the, the opening segment would work without the music yeah but i know i i know how it is currently with the music and it works i showed yeah. it to my girlfriend and she was like when was this made yeah like how was this possible then right um which is actually kind of a it's kind, it was kind of a weird reaction because it's like if you're just looking at the visuals it's like this seems very we possible, see <laughs> but the music really elevates the yeah. punchiness of it absolutely that theme that that opening theme is so much better than it needs to be. It doesn't right. need to be anything yet. It just it just comes in so hard. I, uh, before doing this episode, before uh, this, I rewatched uh, the action button review of Cyberpunk, specifically the section about Cyberpunk and whether what, mm -hmm. like what, what you know, how is, what is cyberpunk, cyberpunk as a yeah. cyberpunk game and how to how can you be authentically cyberpunk and all that stuff. It's a great little two hour thing to go watch. And I, I just like recommend it in general. But this it feels like 
this game is kind of exactly what Tim Rogers is referencing in that, where it's like, why aren't we getting cyberpunk things that are about the 80s ideal of cyberpunk? Like, why aren't we still actually doing that? Like, when the genre was sort of invented, yeah. why aren't we letting it stay in that notion of CRT televisions and, like, weird yeah. tech that's got this strength? Like, we have elevated cyberpunk, and now we have a 2023's idea of what cyberpunk looks like, and... I think this game is the perfect example of like what we're what people are getting at when they're like, can we have 80s style cyberpunk? Because this just feels so cohesive as a unit The the music right. and the visuals and the, the, the outfits and the hairstyles of the characters, even in this like low graphic fidelity. It's like, nah, this is 80s as heck, man. Like everything right. about this feels like I just wish there was a a remake of this or a, a spiritual sequel to it that keeps everything about it exactly stylistically as it was and 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 tries to update none of it and only yeah. tries to sort of emulate the idea of what that ideal of the the cyberpunk 80s aesthetic was i think one of the reasons that cyberpunk kind of struggles if you compare it to like science fiction fantasy or even hard science fiction yeah is that not to not to hit it too hard on the nose but cyberpunk maybe isn't meaning like the whole point of science fiction, right? Is to create some sort of analogy yeah. with the world we live in in order to tell a story about our current world, mm -hmm. but using, you know, the lens of an imagined future, a speculative future. Right. And cyberpunk's <laughs> genre identifiers are that's just kind of the world that we actually live in and so like where is the analogy is right. where i find myself most of the time when i'm experiencing cyberpunk fiction right it's like yes a lot of things in cyberpunk stuff is like very different from the actual world we live in but if you break if you break any of it down yeah you're like this is like almost one to one right you know right so i think in I think that is a problem that cyberpunk sort of has as as a genre, uh, which is that I think it's too easy to make something that's cyberpunk, yep. but actually it's just it it it's almost saying nothing. It's almost like what is even the point of cyber? Like, could right. this not just be set in the modern day and you tell right. the exact same story? Exactly. Whereas with science fiction, we want to imagine a place that then teaches. Uh, imagine a place in the future that teaches about our now, right. currently. Right. Um, and I think cyberpunk is just too close. I don't know. I don't I, know what you do with cyberpunk because I love the genre. Sure. But I do feel like it it kind of has this issue uh, yeah. as far as relevancy I, is concerned. I mean, I have exactly the solution. And it's that modern cyberpunk needs to stop having like any sense of modern synthesized music and just play a goddamn saxophone <laughs> if you put okay. a saxophone yeah. in it that is authentic 80s cyberpunk saxophone plus anything i mean they had synthesizers but it's got to be an 80s synthesizer you got to play on an old korg and then put a saxophone in the background and now you've hit the correct level of cyber cyberpunkness yeah so that it should just stay in the 80s i think that's fine sure but even even snatcher yeah. Even playing Snatcher, I was like hearing the pitch of like, here's the world of Snatcher and being like, yeah, I don't, I mean, this is just, what, what is the difference? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like, yeah, this just sounds like 2023. Like, right. I don't know. I, right. Like, yeah, obviously we don't have like robots going around impersonating people. 
Uh, so there you go. We don't have Terminators. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> except for except, except for all the bots on Twitter. I don't know, yeah. Hunter. You so, can like, find we it. You can find it anywhere. <laughs> like, there are sort of snatchers everywhere. Like this, I, I come back to this all the time. Like there is no point to cyberpunk because we live in a cyberpunk dystopia. Like that is the flavor of dystopia we live in. It could yep. have been a lot of different things, but guess what? It's cy I live in New York City. It's mm -hmm. cyberpunk out here, yeah. okay? Yeah. Like that is what the world just feels like and is. Right. We got snatchers. We got we got Russian Snatchers on Twitter right yeah. now. And, and I did just spoil something major that the Snatchers are Russian. Sure. But you don't really get how that's important. But it, can that, you, that's, we, we, yeah. we're, you know, we played this beginning of 2023. Can you imagine playing Snatcher? This would only have worked if you did this in the past. But yeah. Can you imagine playing Snatcher in like June of 2020? Oh, we're set in Neo Kobe, a city that we're isolated from the rest yeah, of the world. Yeah, that's quarantined from the rest of the Quar world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, it's it's literally under quarantine. Now, it's the nature of the quarantine is different. Sure. Neo Kobe is quarantined from the outside world because there are snatchers only in Neo Kobe City. Right. Right. Um, which is like an artificial city made in in Japan. Yeah. Um, like I guess like it's like an artificial island. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I don't know. The the lore is cool. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if I had played that, I would have just been like, God, how many references, how many times fictionally have we imagined essentially the 2020 pandemic? Uh, because it just Long feels like it, it was everywhere. It's yeah. like, did everyone see this coming? And then we just did, you know, we did nothing about it. I mean. Yeah, yes. Sorry. I'm about to sigh real big. I don't want to sigh real big on this podcast, but yeah. I was about to have a really big sigh. Yeah. Um, we should talk more about how Snatcher is great and you should play it. I really yeah. want you to play this one, everybody. We told you last week to play it. You should have already played it. If you're listening to this, if you listen to the show week to week, you should be just, this episode should be you nodding along with us the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. that's just what I did and I did that and it's exactly, you're right, mm -hmm. uh -huh, through mm -hmm. and through. I, uh, I do want to note, uh, back on a mechanical level, something we haven't really talked about yet is how the puzzles actually manifest themselves. There's not like oh, a yeah, ton of puzzles, puzzles, but but there is some puzzle nature to it. And one thing I really appreciated about this, especially since we recently played Secret of Monkey Island, you know, the thing we talk mm -hmm. about with puzzle games and in general, Metal Gear Solid is the same way where it's like so many video games, things are about find key for door. That's just kind of like yeah. how like 95% of puzzles are. It's just like, you just need to find the key. 95% of video games. I yeah, mean, yeah. The gun is just a key that yeah. unlocks the headshot. You know, <laughs> the door, the gun is the key that unlocks the door of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Then allows you to <laughs> progress. Right. Um, and Snatcher, I, what I really, really like about it, especially as an entry in early adventure games is they ask you, a numerous times to do a little bit more work and the main it's taking more from text-based adventure games in this sense which is to say you know in an old text-based adventure game you got to just sit there and like i don't know look left a uh, uh, touch icicle i know mm -hmm. uh, grab icicle and you just sort of like fumble about with text right. and that feels less key like than like i have a chicken wheel right the, and the, the chicken wheel is going to do something at some point i know that whatever right i don't feel like the stuff 
in Snatcher ever felt like that to me because generally the kind of puzzles you're solving in Snatcher are finding phone numbers in different ways and then needing to like recall those phone numbers and pull them up and type them in or the biggest ones are like when you have to actually enter in some text that is essentially an answer to like a trivia question there's like Right. Three instances where it's like somewhere in this world we've we've put the answer and you need to type it in. And that to, that's just like very distinctly different than we put an item in your inventory and you just need to go grab it and put it here. It's like, no, you, you do need to like sort of retain the information and type it in when it becomes relevant or whatever. And I, I really, really liked that. And it's, mm-hmm. again, what makes me want to go back further than this. Like this is such a good... This was such a modern adventure game in the early 90s. Right. And it's for me, it opens the door to being okay with the older sort of rougher edges of adventure games. It excites me to go further backwards because this is such a good little bridge into that world. Yeah, I think the difference between maybe what Snatcher does and what other like with what the LucasArts games do, for example, is they both kind of have the same purpose, right? It's like testing comprehension like for the player like how much is the player paying attention to what Mm -hmm. we are showing them in snatcher the the testing your comprehension stuff is like kind of folded into the world are you actually paying attention to what is happening in this fictional place are you paying attention to what people are saying are you reading the text yeah basically in a lucasarts game it's a little more like, and I don't want this to sound like one is better than the other or that I even prefer one or the other because I don't. To be honest, I don't have very well-developed opinions with this genre in particular. Mm-hmm. But I think that the LucasArts games more often than not are sort of like, do you do you see our like kind of joke that we've hidden or do you understand right. like our joke logic? Right. Um, or are you even just paying attention to specifically the backgrounds and then kind of thinking laterally yeah the lateral thinking stuff is not that's not really in snatcher snatcher Mm -mm. is literally just if you were taking good notes you would kind of well there is one lateral thinking puzzle that's really annoying that's i was about to say the worst puzzle in the game the hardest puzzle in the game is is like extraordinarily lateral thinking to it to the point where it's like i could see someone being stuck for an extremely long time on that one puzzle Luckily, I will say the game is as scared of that puzzle as, <laughs> as you are uh, and is trying to give you as many hints yeah. as possible. It's literally like when you get to this puzzle, the game is like, we're really sorry, but like Jerry in the <laughs> office was like, we got to have a puzzle like this and like we didn't like it. But anyway, so like step one, like kind of like, do you get it? I'm going to yeah. say this. Is yeah. that a hint? Okay. Oh, okay. That didn't help. Okay. So we've got five to six more hints that we are <laughs> going to give you as you struggle with it. We are well, so sorry, buddy. You're going to get through this one. We promise. And this goes back to the Metal Gear Solid thing and the thing I failed at in Metal Gear Solid that like Snatcher has sort of retaught me and has been very helpful for playing Metal Gear Solid 2, which is Kojima likes these lateral thinking puzzles likes these very avant-garde you know the psycho mantis thing is like such a strange little trick or the look at the back of the box thing the look at the, the back light. of the box where thing. you get the codec it's on the back of the box but he puts the tools in the games to help you get there he wants you he doesn't want you to think you're brilliant for figuring it out that would be great mm-hmm. if you did and that would what a, what a, you know what a high you get to ride on 
But mostly he wants you to think he's clever for coming up with that puzzle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he really wants to shepherd you there and get you to it so that then he can be like, ah, you discovered my little trick. How fun was that? I'm a genius. And you move on. You're like, I guess so. That's great. Good for you, Coach. I think it's interesting that you're framing it that way because I've never taken it that way. I've always taken it more as like, he's a little jokester. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that too. It's how funny is this? It, it, you it, Evaluate it how you want, but it, it is about what they wrote for you not about yeah. your cleverness to figure it out it's just about look at how how funny or silly or clever was that i i feel yeah. like is the sort of what they want you to feel that's that's why you laugh at it it's like oh wow they wanted me are you kidding me they wanted me to do that i had that moment last night playing metal gear solid 2 where they're like there's a part where they just specifically are like and then you go up to it and you press the action button and it's just always hilarious when a video game references the buttons on your controller or whatever, like yeah. the characters just start talking about it. That's just like so funny. And that happens like instant, like Snatcher saving your progress is always like also an in-universe sort of thing or whatever. I just, I don't well, know. Yeah, I, but there's also parts where Metal Gear will literally be like, uh, there's probably a new option on the menu now. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they make <laughs> exactly. many references to the fact that it, that you are in fact playing a game. Uh, and it doesn't, I don't think it takes you out of it at all. It's it's just a part of the rules of this world. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, it was it, it was a really, really, really good time. Yeah. Um, I don't know where that means, what that means for its rankings. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you're ready to get into that. I felt like, I want to say something. While you were playing this, you were messaging me, uh -huh. kind of bringing a lot of heat about it like not not as if like you were hating it actually as if you were like really really loving it and i think yeah. it's because it's a part of a genre that you have always been attracted to yep um but i don't think i mean you said so yourself that visual novels are not not necessarily like that's a subset of this genre that yes. you have not actually explored that much yeah i th this i mean this makes me want to dive further here's what this did this game for me, I'm riding such a high on it because it is somewhat the antithesis of what I struggled so much with Elden Ring. This this is how oh, I'll, yeah. I'll draw this comparison. Elden Ring is a game about the mechanics of the game and challenging you to master those mechanics or figure out the workaround of the mechanics, right? Like find some way. And Snatcher is just so... I, I forget about games that are not interested in mechanical mastery. They are only interested in interactive fiction. And I, mm -hmm. I, I, it reminds me that what I really love is interactive fiction. And that stuff gets me like super interested, even if it's like never challenging to you. It's just about poke and prod around the world. It's like Gone Home kind of thing, where it's like Gone Home yeah. is never a difficult game, but it's just so wonderful to experience that story that one time and only a way a game could present it to you only an interactive medium could it could present it to you you can't get a snatcher comic book or a snatcher movie and experience it the same way you experience snatcher as a video game but it's not some sort of technical prowess on your side i and i love that i i have such a deep appreciation for the games that are just like it's a, it's just because it's a video game. We just wanted to present this story to you in this format as, as opposed to a different format or whatever. I don't know. That that mm -hmm. like really, really excites me, basically. Do you feel like, how much of that do you feel like is 
the lack of a challenge. Does challenge kind of turn you off in most games? Because I feel like that's definitely been a running theme. Well, it totally depends, right? Because no, because I love Celeste. And Celeste is challenging as all get out, but it, it presents its challenges differently. The, this has been happening on our Discord a lot recently where people kind of keep comparing Celeste and Elden Ring and the idea that Elden Ring throws you in the deep end and says, learn how to swim. You'll figure it out on your own, big kid. And Celeste is like, we're very invested in teaching you how to get better at this. We, we, yeah. the part of the pro. So I like that. I like, it is still a challenge, but the game is doing what it can to maybe alleviate that challenge for you. I like getting better at a thing, but I don't like the thing sort of sticking up the middle finger at me. That's what some, you know, it's like there, there are, there are challenging puzzles in this game, but it's never like ridiculous and the game is trying to help you find the solution to those puzzles versus some adventures some like sierra adventure games are literally just like this is so obtuse i'll never find the solution nothing in the game has any interest in guiding me to potentially find the solution it's just like you'll figure it out or you won't so it's like i love a hard puzzle but not a mean puzzle i love a yeah. hard game but not necessarily a mean game i think that's where i'm starting to come to with this this sort of topic it's not about the difficulty of the game it's about how much does the game care about me figuring out that difficulty i just think though that the so meanness if that's going to be your sticking point meanness is i think a very difficult thing to define it's so subjective and yeah i feel like a lot of the times like i have never anytime you've said a game is mean i've never i don't even know what you're talking about i have no sure. idea i've never ever played a game and thought this game is being mean to me right now. Right. Sometimes I think a challenge is stupid. Right. But it feels more like a... It doesn't feel like the game has decided to be mean to me. It actually yeah. feels like a more deficiency in execution. Right. Like the examples I can think of that are like... When, if you go all the way back... This is like the only thing I can think of in since we started the show. But if you go all the way back to the Mass Effect 2 episode, there were a handful of encounters when playing on insanity or whatever they call the highest difficulty yeah that felt no, like that felt like i got through on chance alone right. and that there was no way for me to conquer them any other way but just by like right. just kind of cheesing it just trying over and over until i got through and the time the time that i succeeded felt no different from all the attempts that i failed it's just this time yeah. the ai did made a strange choice right. Right. But I still wouldn't call that mean. To me, sure. the way I think of it is like, well, they didn't play test that section enough, well enough. <laughs> or whatever play testers they had on it it's... were not honest enough to the people above them, yeah. not to blame the little guy. Or maybe they were honest to the people above them, and the people above them were like, we do not have time. Sure. We do not care about the insanity it... difficulty being a perfect experience all the way right. through. Well, it's funny to me that, that in the way you described that, it's clearly even more subjective than that because it's it it's relative to the skill of the player. And so like what the way you just described that Mass Effect 2 thing, that's how like almost every single boss of Elden Ring feels for me. That that is the emotion mm -hmm. I go through with every single Elden Ring boss is like, ah, this is bullshit. I don't know what I'm doing. This sucks. This hurts. Uh, I'll try this. I'll try this. Oh, it worked that time suddenly. Okay. Great, I guess. I, I don't know. It didn't feel like I actually conquered that. It just felt like I, I lucked. That, that's, that is exactly the feeling 
of Elden Ring. And obviously, you know, that's not the case for so many other players. Like they, they do feel like they've, they've tackled it, but that's how those like difficulty challenges feel. When you kind of put forward that though, mm -hmm. are you, cause I, I kind of wonder sometimes about your thought process. Do you think that actually Elden Ring bosses are not well designed no. and that we're all tricking ourselves and you're the one that actually gets it? No, absolutely not. That's not at all what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying like that feeling of it didn't seem like I did anything brilliant to actually overcome that. It seems like I found a, a, a just it, I happened to get through it. It felt like the dice rolled in my favor that time. That's very much how Margit felt in that fight. It was just like I did more or less the exact same thing about seven or eight times and then one of the times it worked. Okay, but so the diff the point I'm trying to make here is that in in my example of like here's something difficult that was annoying, I don't know that there, like there isn't a way to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's no, I mean, perhaps... Like, to you, though, to, uh, what I'm saying is there's probably some crazy, like, Mass Effect nut that plays on Insanity over and over and over again and knows exactly how what the solution to that problem right, is. Right, but they have not shared their knowledge with the, with the rest of the class. Right. You know what I mean? Like, sure. their knowledge is not readily available out there. But with Margit, there are essentially a whole university textbooks amount of information on how to conquer Margit. Sure. So that's, that's, I think, what confuses me a little bit. Why why does none of that information get to you? Or like, do you reject it or do you look at it and you're just like, I can't do that, so I'm not... I, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, here's, you know what I'm here's, yeah here's, here's, my, here's my reference point for that. Because in a game like Elden Ring that is supposed to be difficult and asks you to do something like that, it, there is a solution. That does not mean I can execute the solution, right? Mm -hmm. Compare it to getting good at StarCraft 2. I liked StarCraft 2 a lot, and I watched a ton of StarCraft 2, and I read a lot about StarCraft 2. I knew StarCraft 2 strategies, but I could never physically execute them at that level. So it didn't matter that I had I knew exactly the solutions. If I can't do the inputs, achieve the solution, I can't do the inputs. And that's how Elden Ring feels. So it's not a, that's why, I mean, that's why Elden Ring is number three on our list, right? It's like, I recognize that it is a well-designed behemoth. My frustration with it is my inability to execute its commands. And that's where my frustration comes from. And so with other games, the, the, the sort of topic we're on here is what is the difficulty that actually frustrates me? And it is, again, it's not, it, it is the desire of the game to coax me through that solution and and further offer more help whereas like with elden ring it feels like you sort of have to bump and grind to find the solution which is a met a valid method and a, a way people like to play some games whereas like i don't know it just feels like there are other versions of that a snatcher you know wants you to solve these puzzles it will kind of keep pushing you with some hints up to a point or whatever so that i don't know that that's what feels like the difference to me like for your elden ring example it's there are there are things you can research but that's other people telling you how to be it's not elden ring telling you how to beat the game it's other people sort of helping explain valid strategies that might work for you yeah but i mean elden ring clearly i mean clearly that's part of it i mean it's not they even they even have to the extent that they are able sure integrated the other players advice into the design right like i mean there's no other game that more points to other people and says like 
yeah, talk yeah. amongst yourselves I agree. you know right figure out like figure out how to do it and yeah i don't know I, I i just i get curious because it feels like we're getting closer and closer i mean this whole podcast is about me learning more about you you know investigating my angry investigating brain <laughs> you well because i i love you and i want to know about you you know what i mean Getting and so oh you <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing um and yes it has a little bit of a, a a weird tone to it i think but but i i i do i want to figure it out but yeah i mean to to like so we've got celeste over here we've got elden ring over here we've got snatcher over here yeah. snatcher it, it basically if you can click on the right menu selection you can execute it right so no matter how difficult they make it you can execute yes. the 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 performance of it absolutely but it's just strange that you can do celeste but sure i, I think that i so I do well so that i mean that's why celeste ranks so highly for me because celeste is this crazy diamond in the rough where it's like somehow it got me there and i and i i haven't even figured out how, I, I would love to return to celeste and like keep doing chapter nine and like b-sides and stuff to just like see how far i can push myself but i i, I genuinely do think it was so much of the game opening itself up to me to say like we recognize what we're putting in front of you is difficult and you will have to butt your head up against it in the same way you butt your head up against challenges in elden ring but we as a game are constantly reminding you that that we believe in you and this game is about coping with overcoming this kind of stuff and we have put as few things in the way of you Reattempting that execution as possible, right? Celeste is. Mm -hmm. I failed. Reload. I failed. Reload. I failed. Reload. I succeeded. Okay, that that was so fat. I got through that entire process without any opportunity to dwell on it. The game doesn't want you to dwell on your failures. It wants you to focus on your successes. That's like that's kind of how Celeste makes me feel. Is it? It makes me focus on the finish line. Whereas that's just not the emotion I get in Elden Ring and I think other people mm -hmm. do it's just not where I ever got to with it I never saw the finish line I only saw the failures I just feel like to me uh when it comes to to the style of difficulty that Celeste or like like the the kind of lack of punishment uh difficulty curve yeah the problem for me is that the success doesn't I don't feel like I celebrate my successes that much yeah. If there isn't any punishment, what you sort of give up is the feeling of accomplishing it doesn't feel as hefty, yeah. you know? Like, I don't feel that at all. It's, yeah, I, I think the difference between us basically is it's just like I don't need it to have been punishing to still be a challenge. I view challenge and punishment as as kind of two distinctly different things. Like the punishment yeah. of Elden Ring is the slow you died, the reload, the walk back, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, can I dodge at the right time? Can I figure out the best way to actually do a lot of damage to this guy as quickly as possible? Like, the, th those are two different things, basically. Well, and also, though, one informs the tension. Punishment adds tension to your interaction with the game. So if I am in the middle of an Elden Ring boss fight and I have their health down to a sliver... Yeah. The amount of tension I feel in that moment is to sure. me unparalleled in video games. So, because if I lose, I, yeah. pretty much any Elden Ring boss you could you I mean, one mistake could could right. do it, especially if the mistake was was really bad. Right, right, right. The tension then you feel when you get them that close. Right. 
is so insane and that when you accomplish it right is this re- this absurd release of tension to the extent that it's like i didn't even know a video game really could make you feel that yeah intense yes you know I, I am really glad you brought that point up because i think that's what references back to to what i'm talking about with what i love about snatcher and this sort of visual novel thing is the tension for me is not a cathartic release it is defined by the anxiety of the tension and i do not like that anxiety compare it to someone who just doesn't like the tension of a horror film I don't. Right. That's me. So that's the thing, right? Is you like the tension of the buildup of the fear and then the potential release of that fear. And and I mean, any number of things within the horror genre as well. But that is certainly a staple of horror is tension is sort of a part of it as well. And I don't get down with that. I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. It's not it is not cathartic for me. So for for the snatcher case, it's exact. It is exactly that. It's that for me, a video game does not need to have that tension to excel. That's not what gets me really jazzed about a video game. The challenge and the tension with the challenge and the and, and all of that, that is not the key ingredient to an expertly done video game for me. Disco Elysium, there's not really tension in Disco Elysium in the same way we're describing in this, right? It is a book. There are many checks I could reattempt later if I wanted to. There's so many instances where it's like the game kind of just wants you to find a way to progress. If you failed that, well, there's probably just a different way to go about it. You failed that, changed the story to go in this direction instead. It ne- Disco Elysium basically never actually punishes you. It's never a punishing game. It just moves the scale of the story. I, I would disagree with many of those things that you just said. Uh, so Disco Elysium does punish you. Because there are checks that you can't reattempt that are then going to decide even the outcome of your story. But you so, still progress forward. Absolutely. But you progress forward differently. Sure. And the outcomes might be like you might have a preference on what your outcome may be. Maybe, but you don't know what the end result of that until you've like replayed the couple of games. You don't know what the end result will even be. So the experience of Disco Elysium is experiencing the story on all those beats compared to. If I can't beat Margit, like I will not progress that part of the story. I'll never that 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 will not progress. It, failing Margit does not change. Oh, so you failed. So now the story is about this. No, the tension of that moment in the way that we're kind of currently defining it of the punishment attributing to the tension. There are other forms of tension, I think, is what we're actually sort of like Disco has a different tension. And I agree with that. But in this sort of punishment tension I don't think that's what's present in Disco Elysium. Well, first of all, you can complete Elden Ring without beating Margit. Like, you you don't actually have to do Margit. Sure. You don't actually have to do... I don't know what you have to do in Elden Ring, yeah. but it's not a lot. Right. Now, would I be able to accomplish Elden Ring having not done all the stuff? Probably not, because I'm probably not good enough at the game. You know, right. it's the kind of thing of, if you are kind of doing the slim run of it, I would yeah. imagine that means you show up to the final boss with not a lot of, uh, right. you know, not a lot of gas in the tank. Right, but I don't mean it like nothing ever happens if you don't defeat Margit. I mean, there is no other state to the Margit fight. There is beat Margit or ignore Margit altogether. There is no, you failed at Margit and thus X. Whereas in Disco right. Elysium, there's you Some failed sort of that check that. and thus X happens. Yeah, I just think though that there there are some things that like for example when i played disco elysium there was a character that whose fate 
was at stake yes. in a scenario. And right. I knew that this character's fate was at stake, at least within the bounds of the story. Yeah. Uh, like, metatextually, I didn't know. Right. Like, I didn't know outside the game what was going to happen. Because I'd not, you know, I hadn't spoiled it for myself. Yeah. So I felt that there was a lot of tension in that. And the, I, the game outcome came up uh, tails when I called heads. Right. I agree. I, and I, I did feel punished, you know? Yeah. I, th I, guess, I just think they're different forms of tension, different styles of tension, essentially. I mean, it's, it is um, perhaps the same way you would feel if reading a detective novel and you felt that they all signs clearly pointed to Colonel Mustard and then the book reveals it was Professor Plum all along or whatever. Like even that is its own form of tension. And, and you know, you know, Snatcher has has narrative tension in it. So we're, we're talking about a bunch of different like forms of tension here. So I don't right. know. So so for me, again, just to relay it back to like why Snatcher's writing so high for me is Snatcher feels like a game that relishes in uh, presenting me with a story and not thinking it has to have that Elden Ring boss style tension because that's what I don't like and I feel invited in by that game to really dig around and explore everything. I just like a game that wants me to click on all the stuff and check out all the things and sort of have a constant list of things to to check off my own list and you know just I, I really like that open-ended vibe of it and that that's why snatcher hits so hard for me because it is it is just like i need to do more visual novels is what is is most the main takeaway i had from snatcher is i really have to check out visual novels and see if that's a genre actually i like super get down with because i just haven't actually really played any and i think i i think i actually would enjoy it a lot it's wild that you're not big on jrpgs but you do like visual novels because yeah what is a JRPG if not just kind sure. of a visual, like a 3D visual novel? Yeah, yeah. But compare my lack of desire necessarily to like do a bunch more Elden Ring. I still, I still feel hope out there for JRPGs. I they haven't clicked with me yet, but there's a seed that has been planted in my brain with JRPGs. You know what I mean? I think it's there, and I think I will yeah. find a way. Which is why I'm constantly when you and I are talking about games we should play i still like propose various jrpgs and you're you know sometimes you have to to remind me to pump the brakes on certain leaps into J the jrpg world and you know <laughs> you're trying to help me put on the training wheels of of me finding that appreciation but i'm i'm seeking it out which i'm not necessarily doing for challenging game yeah or like or like the rest of the FromSoft catalog yeah. i don't think will get covered on this show uh, at least not in the way that we did elden ring maybe you know what i mean it would yeah. be in a different way although i do i do still want to play at least one of like i do want to do like dark souls 3 or something I, I'm, I'm still interested slightly in that if anything just to have a second example to see if it worked like if if i bounce off dark souls 3 then that's probably when i'll call it <laughs> Yeah. versus jrpgs i'm not taking the second jrpg and being like let's call it i don't like them like no every time i play one there are seeds of things that i still really like there's just like a little hang up or whatever well i honestly think that this sort of was your second jrpg and guess what you did like it so <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house you dingus yeah there's no, not I, much difference between I think a so. especially the lineage of the jrpg yeah 
is completely visual novel. I, I like, think you're right. I think Snatcher will help me the next time I play a JRPG. I think I'll be able to think about Snatcher and be like, no, this is more like that than it is like Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon's yeah. not this. We're talking about a different thing. Yeah, I, I think it right. helps me define the genre. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So considering it was the first JRPG you liked, <laughs> where do you think Snatcher should be ranked on the OGA gamers list sponsored by IGN yeah. and Mountain Dew? The Gamer Fuel Top 100. Yep. With uh, 70 entries mm -hmm. uh, currently. Yep. Uh, wh where do we put it? What tens place do you believe it belongs? I think I in? have to extend this to a. Well, no, okay, okay. I've got a tens. I have a tens uh, because it's just, it barely sort of fits within this of what I think Snatcher should be. And I wonder if you'll be shocked by this. Who knows? I think it's in the teens. 10 to 20 it's way 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 up there for me it's yeah it's in i mean the teens. that's that's not surprising at all that's yeah. exactly i mean i i was kind of hoping you were going to be really bold and put it at the top tip i well um, what i was going to say i was going to say 5 to 20 i was going to extend it a little bit i was like here's what i know okay what i know is when i look at only if i put them just up next to each other quake versus snatcher i would choose snatcher every single day of the week ah uh, yeah 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 the stuff above quake it gets significantly more complex and i don't know if i could go there you know what i mean katamari damacy smash bros melee like that stuff is a little bit harder for me i i could maybe get there just talking through it enough but what i know is i could put it above quake but then i look at metal gear solid and i'm like whoa well, that makes me second guess some things and you know there, there's like other options within there that make me feel funny so I think that's what we have to sort of work out. So maybe it's more like five to fifteen. Or five to fifteen. Like that. Yeah. Okay. I put it in the twenties on my list. Mm. Um, I think it's I think it's very good. I I think that I think that there's a lot of Kojima stuff that I like better, but it's Snatcher uh. as a game that that I'm glad I played, I would put it at like number one. It's sure. like of the games yeah. that we played for this project, it's like I'm so happy that I have this context now, and it really makes me want to play like everything else. Yeah. So I'm really glad I'm working on Metal Gear Solid 2 right now. It's like the perfect yeah. game for me to be playing right now. But uh, I do pretty much everything that I've played of Kojima's, I do like better because they're just fuller, I think, richer experiences mm -hmm. than Snatcher. Yeah. And even in the world of the visual novel, Snatcher's like pretty light. Uh, it's pretty short. There's not a whole lot of characters. Yeah. You know, I, I think about, you know, obviously I've never played it because it's in Japanese only, but I think about um, the action button review of Tokimeki Memorial. Yeah. And just from watching that, I know that that game, which is in the same genre as Snatcher, uh, has such, so much more going on sure. than, than Snatcher really does. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do feel like it's, it's very cool, and I think uh, its coolness earns it a spot to me uh, among the greatest games ever made. I mean, I put it near Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, I put it near Quake because Quake is lower on my personal list than it yeah. is on our our list together. Right. Um, so I do think it's I do think it's one of the all time greats, but I don't think it's I don't think it's in my top ten or my yeah. my top teens. But so you said five to fifteen. I said twenties. Yeah. What does that mean? Let's just start it. Know. You want to just start at 20? I, I mean, I guess. Does that feel like we're cutting you out? I mean, it's like, should we start at like 24, 23? I don't even know. No, I'd, ra <laughs> I'd rather start at 20. I think I think yeah. 20's, 20's fine because so, I think I think it should make it into the 10s. But yeah. 
Let's read, let's read the 10, let's read 10 through 20. And then if we have to, if we go higher or lower, I don't know, we'll figure it out. But uh, the 10th game is Quake, then Raw Danger, then Metal Gear Solid, then Hyperlight Drifter, then Halo Combat Evolved, then Yakuza Kiwami, then Papers, Please, Outrun, Into the Breach, Neon White, and Ocarina of Time, which is our first matchup here. So the thing I wanted to say about Snatcher within all of this, like you're saying, there's other things that are more, you know, Tokimeki more is like a more complex game i think the pitch i'm giving for like what really drives me to snatcher so much is that it is not mechanically complex at all and that is almost distinctly what i like about it is that it is choosing to be an interactive fiction and by that i mean it is more book or more graphic novel than it is video game and i really like that about it like i like that it is mostly a thing you sit with each night and you read a little bit of it and you experience a little bit and it is in no way challenging you because it just wants you to get to the end of the book a book doesn't challenge me and it can still be a great worker thing but then i say that and obviously like the weakest part of snatcher is the story it's telling so i don't know it's very strange how that operates in my brain it's i like the world i like existing with the art and the music and the world and so I just want to keep sort of playing it, even if I, I don't want it to, to ask, you know, deeply more mechanical things of me. I mean, I wouldn't have minded like more puzzles and, you know, that kind of a thing. But I also don't I don't think that it like needed it. I just like could have hung out with that game for longer. So to that end, all of that is to say that's what's like the defining thing about Snatcher to me is it's this thing that very feels like it's actively choosing not to be overly video gamey and overly interactive and you put that up against ocarina of time which is like i don't know for so long was just categorized by people as the be- the, the pinnacle of video games and i've recently seen m- other things talk about ocarina of time and i'm really glad we're not necessarily alone anymore on people reevaluating ocarina of time's place you always hunter bring up Mario 64 is obviously the like significantly more important 3D game and Mm. I've seen that ringing true with more people there's very little to actually grasp onto that Ocarina of Time did for 3D games like many many things were being done in that environment that Ocarina of Time was just a part of yeah it it feels more of a stepping stone that was because it was a part of a high profile franchise that people were really stoked about it was decided that it was going to be historically important right whereas i just don't get what it was adding for future games that wasn't already being done by mario 64 um but okay so i actually think it's kind of interesting to compare snatcher and ocarina of time because i think snatcher is the ocarina of time for kojima Mm. in that it's really fun to play for historical uh perspective uh-huh. uh it's an important stepping stone it's even sort of important like between uh console generations yeah. but that's mostly because snatcher was re-released so many times but i'm still going to keep sure. that as a point yeah. my issue with snatcher is that i feel like all of these elements even though you know we don't we we, we get police knots which i have not played the good aspects of snatcher were kind of diced up and then mixed into the soups and yeah. salads of the Metal Gear Solid series, uh, totally. and even Death Stranding, um, which I feel like is kind of also true of Ocarina of Time. I feel like it is essentially just a foundation yeah. that almost right away 
the Zelda team starts making like more interesting mm-hmm. 3D Zeldas, I think, than than Ocarina of Time. Um, so in that way, I think they are really similar. I have them ranked very closely on my yeah. list. I do want to uh, say that I did rank Ocarina of Time two spots higher than mm. Snatcher on my list. Yeah. But I feel like they're pretty much of the same yeah. cut of the same cloth. Right. And I think that because this was your first JRPG, I think it should go above <laughs> Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yeah. On that alone. Uh, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, a, a big point you're, you're making here is something I just don't have. I can't. The only other Kojima game I have is Metal Gear Solid 1, which I will agree feels more, you know, just more everything. I'm pl- I'm in the process of Metal Gear Solid 2 right now, and so far, I like Snatcher more than Metal Gear Solid 2. I'm only, like, maybe an eighth of the way through uh, mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 2, so that who knows where it goes from there. But, like, as of right now, I like Snatcher more, and I wonder if that would hold true with other Kojima stuff. And also other... I mean, again, we're also talking about a thing where, like, I'm so impressed by it because it's really basically the first visual novel I've ever played. So, yeah. do I... Will I actually play some other visual novels that are like more sort of the the pillars of the visual novel genre and be like oh obviously these blow snatcher out of the water like i don't have that frame of reference yet so for me i want Mm -hmm. snatcher to climb very high but it's sort of also like requires more research in the future basically to like reevaluate it later this is one that will probably have to get relitigated after more things in its genre get put on the list or whatever so yeah Whatever that means, I don't know. So thank you for letting it go past Ocarina of Time. I feel like it's got a couple easier sets immediately following Ocarina of Time. Because uh, next up is Neon White, which was a great little uh, game, a, a wonderful pillar of the uh, speed running genre, as it were. You know, one mm-hmm. of the best games about speed running to then also speed run and play. Like it's, you know, yeah. it really excels at that. Um, however, as we noted in that episode, you know, all of the style of it is cohesive and good, but not either of our cup of tea, whereas Snatcher is like every inch of it is my cup of tea. So I don't know. On style points alone, that's my rationale for Snatcher going higher than Neon White. I like Neon White better, but I also think that it's cool to to say that. I mean, Neon White has visual novel elements, and sure. those visual novel. If we if we just compared them as visual novels, uh-huh. it's Snatcher all the way, baby. Um, <laughs> The gameplay experience of playing Neon White, I will look on fondly for, I think, a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I am going to keep my flag firmly planted in that Neon White is maybe even going to grow in reputation as we go forward. Just because of the appeal of it being so mechanical. There are are a lot of of end-of-the-year lists that have come out that have since just kind of said that Neon White was just one of the good games Right. That came out uh, last year. I disagree. I think Neon White was very, very good. Yeah. Um, as far as just the experience of playing it was kind of unbelievable to me. Yeah. Um, it's not cooler than Snatcher, which is saying a lot because <laughs> yeah. I actually think Neon White is really cool because it has the Sega voice saying like mission accomplished or whatever <laughs> at the end. And that's pretty much the coolest thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, however, in Snatcher, this is a spoiler. But uh, at the end, one of the characters, and I'll let you guess which one, dresses up as a Sega CD. <laughs> so therefore, Snatcher must win. <laughs> yep, Snatcher goes above Neon White for being more Sega and a better visual novel. 
<laughs> Next up is Into the Breach, uh, which is a game I think in the end I actually have more positive things to say about Into the Breach because your hang up with Into the Breach ended up being kind of this like it feel it feels fucked up that they would do this to me kind of idea like this empty puzzle endless mm -hmm. puzzle solving thing feels cheap to you like a cheap trick whereas i still just like i think it especially after last week's advanced wars episode like in, i almost think of into the breach even higher now because i'm like i don't know it takes a lot for a tactics game to really plant itself in my brain which into the breach definitely did i just feel like into the breach is a little bit soulless it's a little bit yeah it's too mechanical like to right. me there's like a kind of uh games as gamey game design yep. and then there's like games as uh products made by humans right um and I think that those are on a little bit of a continuum and perhaps Into the Breach is like too far for my own personal taste on the gamey side. That yeah. being said, it's number 18 on our OGA list. It's number 19 on my personal sure. list. This essentially, uh, the list represents more my opinion than yours uh, <laughs> on Into the Breach in particular. Maybe. I think that because of the spectrum I just listed, uh, the yeah. kind of games are are soul objects created by real blood-fueled humans yeah. versus like games are, you know, the the world of, of artificial intelligent robots <laughs> uh, doing our bidding. Um, I think I like the blood part better. So how about we just give Snatcher a pass to go above into the breach? Yeah. I mean, for me, Snatcher is like, I don't know, like eight below into the breach, but I, but we got to even out somewhere and right. you like, you don't have your own list, so you don't know exactly what- I'm not referencing what... pointing anything, yeah. Yeah. But here, here's what I will say. I, I want it to go above into the breach, but I do, I can see lots of rationale to like really pump the brakes here because like I said, there's a part of me that wants Snatcher to go above Quake, but there is a, I, I do not have any valid arguments for why Snatcher would go above Metal Gear Solid or uh -huh. Hyperlight Drifter, or even Yakuza Kiwami, a game I did not play, but hearing about it excites me so much that like, I, I see a lot of arguments why it wouldn't really make sense for Snatch to go any higher, especially when you and I are currently trying to find a best of both worlds. Too high for you, too low for me kind yeah. of world is exactly where we have to exist. So I think that's going to be defined here between like Outrun and Papers, Please. I feel like Snatcher's going to fall in this sort of territory. Now, okay. I mean, Outrun, I feel like we know your answer on Outrun. That's a, that's quite an easy one. Yeah, sure. But um, I think the more interesting answer is Snatcher and Papers, Please, because they are real. They're at least similar genre wise. Right. Like I, I want to ask one thing about Outrun, though. Okay. I, I somewhat know the answer, but I wonder how how heavy the scale tips. Because you are, have been talking to me a lot the past couple of days about how much you like that Snatcher music. Yeah. How close does it come to your love of the Outrun music and the, the hangout vibes of Outrun? Snatcher has no chance against <laughs> Outrun's music, even if Snatcher's music is better. Okay. This is like oh. you asking me... <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 this is like you asking saying. me. Sure. Uh, so you know your favorite band that you've loved since you were yeah, yeah, yeah. wearing diapers, right? Versus uh, an an album you heard last week that sure. you thought was pretty good. So you like, know you know your child. Well, this kid's better at chess than your yeah, child. Like, Which one do you pick? <laughs> yeah, I I can't I can't answer that because you're literally taking like one of my deepest mm -hmm. biases for 
versus something that is quite good that I love that's awesome. Yeah, sure, but I sure, just sure. found out about it, mm -hmm. you know? Of like, course, yeah. It's like a new album versus, you know, your favorite from when you were a child till even now you're an yeah. adult and you still like the same music because right. you don't know how to move on, yeah. which is like how you got into <laughs> podcasting in the first place is like you're in kind of an arrested development of like not becoming an adult and instead staying a child forever. And now you just have some sort of meaningless exercise where you like organize essentially, you know, your current taste versus your legacy taste of like when you were a kid because all you've ever liked is video games and you won't just like grow up and move on and get past this because you can't and even if you could you wouldn't anyways you little jerk the snatcher v outrun i have to say outrun but i can compromise like sure, i am sure, sure. i am i am welcome to compromise yeah. and i am interested in talking about papers please okay. versus snatcher mostly because i don't think i've ever said anything that great i feel like i've been you know since we talked about papers please most of the time when papers please comes up yeah. i am more of dumping cold water on it yeah and i just want to take this opportunity to be like i actually do like papers please more than i like snatcher okay um because papers please to me snatcher is like you're you're watching you're you're watching a a man who loves Blade Runner yep. make Blade Runner with right. Terminators in it, and exactly. that's pretty awesome. Actually, that's a pretty great pitch. Um, <laughs> Papers, please. You're watching someone that's just like, how do I tell an interesting story in video games? Yep. And I like that better. Yeah. That, that's that the the video games as an emulation of movies versus. Yep. video games that are like what is the video game way to tell a story i think i kind of want to side with that i think of papers please as being a lesser example of my favorite game on the list that does this which is i would say silent hill 2 to yeah. me silent hill 2 is telling a video game story in yeah. a video game way totally. and it's uniquely off-putting and in, in that video game way right whereas to me snatcher it's it's just it's got it's got a lot of blade runner in it which is actually a compliment it's not necessarily an insult but versus papers please which i feel like is a game that that just feels more gamey yeah while still having a lot of that human soul aspect to it right. um i think i think it's a better um example of what the genre can deliver of what the medium Snatcher can is. deliver yeah i no I, I agree and if you look at our list it is clear that that is the kind of thing in general the two of us appreciate the most and i i think i referenced this earlier in this episode of like you know obviously there are games that do more about being about a game only a video game could tell and so for snatcher so far at least in my experience with these types of games snatcher is like climbing so high in being a kind of thing that isn't doing that is not about what makes this distinctly interactive fiction Right. But I appreciate the other thing more on the whole. I love Snatcher for kind of being like, I don't have to be that. I think that's amazing that it's as good as it is without being that interesting, basically. Like, it's interesting yeah. on all of the other elements. But as a capital V video, capital G game, it's not really doing very much. And so I think for me, I feel appeased for it to not... It doesn't have to go above Papers, Please, because I get that argument. And everything above Papers, Please is like, these are video game ass video games that are like 
so defining about the medium and Snasher definitely is not that even if I think it's an amazing piece of media this is a video game show that is about appreciating video games on their merits explicitly so I I like that now does that mean it has to stay above Outrun or not you know maybe I don't want to hurt my I would like my friend Hunter's most nostalgic games still be let like maybe Snatcher can still go under Outrun if you would if you would prefer that I'm fine with that as well I'm okay with that. I I just wanted to talk about Papers Please Absolutely. versus Snatcher because I yeah. thought it was more there was I, more in common there. It, yeah, and it um, found our finish line better. Like we knew we yeah. know it cannot go above Papers Please. That that's illegal, <laughs> basically. Uh, so so I'm gonna put it under Outrun because I feel okay. like I give too many points to pulling Outrun further and further down on this list, and I don't I don't want to do that in this instance. I'm fine with pushing down Neon White and into the breach, but I don't really want to do that to Outrun today. So. There it is, our 18th best game of the 70 games we've talked about so far is yeah. Snatcher. I I have a we have this note where we like keep all of this information. What what do we want to call Snatcher in terms of are we going with the 1988 released for weird PC systems or do we want to distinctly call this a Sega CD game released in uh 92 or whatever it was? It's a Sega CD game. Yeah, I think we're we're American, and from yes. what I can tell, it's the best option we got. Right. Um, the Japanese can say uh, a cooler system than the Sega CD, <laughs> um, but I think I think we should say the Sega CD until Konami does the right thing and puts this out <laughs> on like Steam. You don't even have to do a good job; just put it out. Just yeah. put it out, and then somebody <laughs> will make like a fan uh, uh, patch for it. Uh, that way, it can you know it can be made useful. Um, but yeah, also, I just wanted to note, um, I prefer, uh, on our list, it says outrun, out space run. Mm-hmm. I prefer to stylize it capital O-U-T, capital yeah. R-U-N, all one word, oh, but no yeah, the space. R is capital, ah, okay. no space, uh, because that's how they spell it, even though it don't make sense. They do not leave a space right between Art- artistically on the on the yes. logos as yes it were. there's no space even though the r is capitalized just I kind f- of a fun tidbit there that i just noticed um yeah. but yeah i feel that's... like i went off the like i think i because I, I had to find an answer to this at some point and i just saw it out space run so many times i wonder if there's like a, a game box let me let me i'm gonna grab my outrun 2 right now and Do just it. double yeah. just verify some things yeah yeah I don't know. This this seems pretty clear cut too, because this is less artsy, uh, yep. and the the R is just sitting there right next to that T. It they hasn't, always it hasn't it moved that an way. inch. And yeah. I oh, I there love... it is. There, drifting, master the unique handling of Outrun Two. Outrun Two is also O U T R U N Two. There's no space after Outrun. Yeah. They... Out, when you're talking about Outrun, <laughs> there are no spaces in between words. There's just a space just... in front of you on the open road. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, it's a symbol of how fast you're going to be going once you finally boot up Outrun. Oh, man. Okay. This was well, a fun episode. This was fun. Next week is also going to be very fun because it's more Kojima. It's Metal Gear Solid 2. I think it's going to be a weird one because uh, that's a weird video game, too. So please look forward yeah. to, I don't know, I wonder if, I, 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 I to, in your experience, Hunter, here's my question in, for the rest of the playing of my Metal Gear Solid 2 run. Yeah. Is MGS2 Pete's anybody's favorite? 
if we're talking uh, in the way people talk about like final fantasy games where it's like it's seven or it's eight or it's yeah. nine or whatever like it's two some are there people die hard for two absolutely Interesting. there are people whose two is their favorites um, I I could even argue it being my favorite, <laughs> so I don't know. This is this is gonna be interesting, uh, because yeah, I I think McCann. I will I will urge I I want to urge you to do something. Okay, I want to urge you to re reach out for supplemental material for how the game controls, because mm. if there's a game that has a complicated control scheme, mm -hmm. it is Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, generally the series even is just kind of notorious for I, this. There's a lot of stuff you can do that it don't explain to you that you can do that. So the question, and I'll research this, but is this a thing that probably would have been in the game manual that it tells you to do? Yes, it would absolutely be in the game manual. So that's okay. Then then it's then in, for this era, it is a part of the game, and I definitely should yes. go back and check that out. So I will. Yeah, I will do that, and maybe it will improve my experience of the game. I think it might improve because I got I have a suspicion that maybe there are some game style stuff. It's hiccupy. It's a hiccupy experience. Yeah, that also might be part of the emulation uh, in yeah, terms of be. what what I feel that because I can't do pressure sensitive stuff in my emulation. Yeah. But there's some stuff you're not going to be able to do. I right. mean, there's I'm not going to be able to do it either because I'm playing right. on the PC version with the patch. Yeah. Um. So I also don't have pressure sensitive stuff. But even beyond just pressure sensitive stuff, there are a lot of weird combinations of button presses. I see. Uh, that allow you to do things that maybe you're not aware of that you can do that will enhance your tactics. Right. As far as playing the game. Improve the stealth. Yeah, that's been a thing. Yeah. That's certainly been a thing is it doesn't feel like much of a stealth game right now. Right now you, it feels yeah, like you, a headshot game. I'm I okay, <laughs> yeah. There there are a handful of moves that you that that maybe they walked you through at the very beginning. I know there's a there's a like Instead of there being a tutorial, there's just a part where Snake does like a bunch of moves very mm -hmm. quickly, and it doesn't mm -hmm. even necessarily tell you how to do them. It just shows you like press this button, but not like a specific button, like a generic button, mm -hmm. um, in order to do X thing. And then you know, so it does it all very quickly too. So I think that you should look into the moves that are okay. available to you. Will do. Um, I think that will help. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's the note we go out on this episode. Look forward to Metal Gear Solid Two next week. I know I am. Oh, also look forward to very, very soon our Dave and Buster's episode. That's just going to get thrown in the feed on like a random day. It won't be on a normal release day. So keep yeah. an eye on your podcast feed for Hunter and I's adventure through Dave and Buster's. Yeah, the Dave and Buster's in Rogers, Arkansas. Um, also, I've noticed, Matt, that I can smell you. I am selecting. I have a little option. I have like menu uh -huh. options here. Yeah. And I can click smell Matt. Yeah. And it says that you smell kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Kind of bad. Well, um, if I investigate you, Hunter, you know, I, I can just kind of get a peek under the hood there. And, and well, I see you can't all... invest as a junker. You can't just go <laughs> investigating me. You got to have a warrant <laughs> if you want to investigate me. Okay. So, and, and I'm noticing I also smell kind of weird. So I don't know what that means. Hmm. What does that mean? This is this is pr funny, probably if you've played Snatcher, which you were supposed to. You were supposed. No, you were supposed you were. to, and and you didn't do it, you little dork. Yeah. If this wasn't fun, if if this wasn't funny to you, that's because you failed, not us. Yeah. 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 And you know what? If you haven't played Snatcher, you've been snatched. Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. 